Welcome back to another edition of the Parkrun Adventures podcast. Are you ready for fun, Mel? Who isn't ready for fun, Scotty? This is going to be a fun episode. That's that's why people are here. Yes, we're all about fun. Getting close to Christmas, lots of fun is happening. We're up to episode 48. We've been doing the news for a few weeks. When, when do you reckon we started doing the news? Ten weeks ago? Um, it was not long after we received all the terrible feedback in the survey. That's right, and we had to change the way the podcast was constructed and got rid of stuff and added stuff, and it's made a massive difference to our downloads, which is great. It's time for the news. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Opportunities for extra park runs coming our way and Christmas compendiums are available for six out of 14 of the Earth's park running countries. Thus far, in Australia, 39 events have declared to run on Christmas Day, 66 for New Year's Day. Ireland has one event on Christmas Day. You need to run at Clonakilty at 9.30am, five events on New Year's Day. New Zealand has seven events declared yes for Christmas, seven also on New Year's Day. South Africa have six on Christmas Day and 12 on New Year's Day. The United Kingdom have 151 events running on Christmas Day and 196 on New Year's Day so far. And in the USA, Fletcher's Cove are the only event to declare their intentions either way for festive runs this season, and it's a no. The six other events in the country are yet to say yay or nay. Russia have also got additional events on New Year's Day, but no official compendium page. In France, Parcran de Fontainebleau welcomed refugees to their event on Saturday. With migrants being moved from Calais and Paris recently, a refugee centre has recently been established in Fontainebleau. The event team reached out to the local Red Cross to invite the refugees to Parcran and the first group attended over the weekend, with more expected to follow. The Parkrun Australia Board met for the organisation's annual general meeting on Saturday the 3rd of December. Some changes were made to the makeup of the seven-person board. Gareth Candy stood down as president, and Scott Watkins was named as the new chair. Craig Curtis and Renee Gimbert will continue on as treasurer and secretary respectively, with Stephen Jackson also remaining as a representative. And joining the board for the first time are Silpa Palmer, Dale Murray and Matt Fullerton. Bunyaville Parkrun achieved their hoped-for course attendance record with 270 parkrunners showing up on their third anniversary to smash the previous record of 231. This was undoubtedly spurred on by the appearance of the event directors on last week's episode of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. Another record was also smashed at the event, with in excess of 2,200 photos being taken by volunteer photographers on the moon. That was good news from Bunyaville. Yes, always love to take credit for other people's work. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully we added, you know, a couple just to get them over the line. Surely, surely one or two. And the Christmas news. Are you getting in the Christmas spirit? Because I certainly know Christmas has taken over the Trickett household. We spent the weekend putting up our tree. The Christmas lights are on the house. looks fantastic this year. I've done it. Well, we have done it. My family have done a sterling job. 
if you do say so yourself. Yeah. Is that something that happens up in the uh, Urbecker house? Um, it is. I'll actually here's, – here's a little known fact about me. I won a Christmas light competition about seven years ago for decorating my house. So I'm, I'm big on Christmas. What was the prize? This year, what was the prize? Yeah, more lights? <laughs> no, I don't think I got – oh, no, I, there were lights as part of the prize. It was a bit random. My category was for the environmental category um, because I had used a lot of recycled materials in creating the um, roof scene that was on top of my roof. Um, six weeks worth of paper mache in my living room, etc., etc. And I had also this was at the introduction of LED lights, so they weren't very common. They were still extremely expensive, and I, I um, had a few sets of those on my roof. So that, as well as some solar lights in the front garden, as well as all the recycled materials on the roof um, that were bolted down so that it was cyclone proof. Um, that won me the prize. The local weatherman and some other people came around. I can't remember who else were the judges. But my prize was, in keeping with the environmental theme, um, I won half a dozen miniature fruit trees. And I can't, I, I won a worm farm. <laughs> when I think of Christmas, I think of worm farms. That makes sense. <laughs> And I also won um, a lighting voucher at a local store that I was able to use for additional lighting for my roof. So that was very cool. Um, you know, like the Christmas kind of lighting. But it was, a, it was a proper store. So I had to buy it by the meter, which was great because my whole roof is completely measured out for the exact lengths and I, I have a system where things go up. And it was possible for me to tell them exactly how many meters that I wanted to fit my roof and they cut it and they wired it up and they gave me the transformer and everything was great so that was my prize that's taking it to another level I just got some cheap lights from Kmart and wrapped them around my pole I have I have um created a the parkrun tree oh nice you'll have to take a photo of it and post it on the page well I haven't really but I should. I, I just thought I'd throw that in because it, it's a Patreon podcast. Well, <laughs> and then you asked me to take a photo. So. <laughs> yeah. Busted. You should totally do that. And then we can take a photo and then we can share it with everyone. In fact, we should have a Parkrun tree LED light competition. Well, that's where I, I was going. To... Yeah. Good, good plan. Yeah. Lots of planning. <laughs> so your adventure this week. Send us your photo. <laughs> Christmas lights, parkrun style. I might actually do it now after I've said it. It's a pretty good idea. I'm totally going to do that. You know, I actually have green lights as well, so I'll do it in the green lights. I'm really excited. Hey, how was your um, weekend in Sydney? You were down there for some cello dudes. I was down there for some cello dudes. You weren't there for parkrunning, were you? Or were you combining your two loves? I was combining my two loves. The concert wasn't actually on until Sunday night, but Parkrun Adventures deemed that one must travel on a Friday so one can do a new Parkrun one has never done before on the Saturday. And so that's exactly what I did. I 
had so much choice because I've only ever done a couple of park runs in New South Wales and so it was a big deal. I'd never done any of the sort of close to the city ones and it was not necessarily easy to decide where to go but I I was very drawn to St Peter's because it's so iconic and it was the first one so I thought I thought I should pay my dues and also it's the home of uh, Zoolanders in Australia or where they started anyway the birthplace of Zoolanders so I had to make my trip to St Peter's and I volunteered I helped with the pre-event setup they need a lot of they need a lot of volunteers at St Peter's yeah what's going so, on there massive event been around for a while but um, struggling for volunteers from time to time well I think it's just the same as any successful event that gets a lot of parkrun adventurers you know it's um victim of its own success it's huge and everybody comes in and wants to run but yeah not not all the time struggling with volunteers but I was happy to be able to help and um and I also had the benefit of being able to run the event which was great um because it's a beautiful course I know it's on to incarnation number 16 or something around that number but it's it's just gorgeous. The whole park is really beautiful. It was very dry, um, so the grass wasn't, you know, green and fresh as daisy kind of thing. But the actual, there's water and there's just beauty everywhere you look, in every direction. It's just beauty. And I did a bit of a wog. I didn't run the whole thing because I was feeling a bit pooped from the travelling. But... Uh, I made sure I ran the hill because I thought, okay, everybody talks about St. Peter's Hill, so I have to make sure I run it. And I was just about to ask a marshal because I, I was coming around a corner and I thought, oh, I, I think that might be it. I wonder if that's it. I've got to make sure that's it because I don't want to accidentally start running up something that's not the hill and <laughs> completely poop myself out before the hill. But their marshals who – I mean, the marshals were great as well – but they actually also mark out the whole course with uh, chalk markings on the ground every week, which were brilliant. You could not get lost. And somebody had actually written on the ground, this is the hill. And so I, I knew exactly that, that that was the hill. And so I started running and I ran the whole way up, almost died, but I did get all the way to the top. And then I ran down the other side because that's so much easier. Well done, you. How does it compare to my hill? Um, I would venture to say that it's longer. Really? Yeah, it just keeps going on and on. That could be representative of my level of fitness between when I visited Westerfolds and when I was um, at St. Peter's on the weekend. I, I would say I've lost a lot of condition since then because I was still training um, when I visited you in March. That was still in the lead up to half marathon training. So, so that was when you actually were running. I am still running. I, I, I just I, don't I check, Strava. Much. I check Strava all the time, and I can't find you. <laughs> so I well, just guess assumed. what? My phone self-destructed last week, and I had to get a new one. Now that I've got a new one, possibly I might be able to sort out the technology situation and get it to auto sync to Strava and make the magic happen. So you will see the proof that I do indeed run from time to time. Perhaps. 
uncovered a study out of the University of Aberdeen that said it's better to exercise with friends. We wanted to go straight to the source, so we're going to have a chat to Dr. Pamela Rakoff from the University of Aberdeen about that study. Welcome to the podcast, Pamela. Yeah, thanks for having me. Can you explain a bit about your research and what you found out? So the the idea of the study was um, if the effect of exercising together with a new sports companion um, would enhance exercising um, in a two-month period. So that's that's the idea. And I got the idea because... um, in, so when I conducted the study, when you, for example, look in the internet or in other sources, you see that, okay, exercising with a friend or finding a sports companion is effective when you want to exercise more. And then I got the idea, okay, I really like want to test that. And so, um, yeah, I came up with the idea of that study that we were looking for um, people who wanted to enhance their exercising. Um and um, then those our participants uh, were um, allocated to a, an intervention and a control group. And the intervention group people, they got a task to find a new sports companion. So this is a person that they have never been exercised with before. And um, to exercise with that person for the period of eight weeks. And what we find, um, or what we found, was that um, on after two months, um, the people in the intervention group exercised more. So, with the new sports companion, those people exercised more than uh, the control group people. And what we also find found was that um, different. Um, qualities we call it qualities of social support so the the um, sports companion your new sports companion supports you um, in a certain kind or with a certain quality and we have two kinds of social support that is emotional social support and instrumental social support and the emotional social support this is like encouraging your sports body and um and the instrumental social support is rather the ex- aspect of really exercising together or tangible support. And what we found very, or we were very surprised that the emotional social support, so this encouragement thing, that this is the, when we, let's call it active ingredient, because um, um, the instrumental social support, we've also found that that helps you to um, have like more self-esteem, we call it self-efficacy, and that again is translated also in in more exercising in the end. So we found that um, first of all, the the new sports companion is very very effective in a certain way. This makes sense to me because I have a a go-to buddy whenever I no- know that I need to exercise, and if she and I make a date to exercise together, even if it's pouring rain and it's dark and we're tired and nobody wants to get up, neither one of us wants to be the person who cancels. So we both of us still get up and we still meet and we still exercise. So I know if I make a plan with her that I can't break it. So sometimes I avoid making the plans. (laughs) (laughs) But it's nice to hear science backing it up. And, and what you explained, 
Adrian is also very nice because um, the other thing we are very interested in is the interplay between like the social environment. So we have what we call, for example, social support or the new sports companion and what we call self-regulation. So making the plan, what you described to me is um, is like planning together. We say that we call that self-regulation. And this is also very interesting that, that the social environment is like interplaying with your personality or with the thing you as an individual do. So this is very, very, what you explained is very effective barrier management. So you know your barrier, this is like bad weather. And when I, yeah, when it's bad weather, I don't want to go. And then, um, okay, I have my strategy asking, asking um, the sports companion. Now, Pamela, how many participants did you have in your study? Yeah, I had um, 72 in the control group and 86 in the intervention group in the beginning. And then um, um, after the two months, it's a bit um, because of attrition. So a bit less than that. But we began with 72 in the control group and 86, uh, sorry, 83 in the intervention group. And then we, we ended up in uh, 96 in the intervention group and 70, uh, 79, sorry, in the control group. Sometimes it's, those things are complicated. <laughs> and when you choose participants to, to take part, how do you screen them? Did you have a mixture of males and females and different ages and different, um, uh, what do you call, fitness levels? Yeah, yeah, we, we had that. So I, um, I, so the, the only uh, inclusion criteria was really that the person wanted to uh, exercise more. And then the, so we went to all different kind of places to find those participants. So we went to um, to doctors practices um, some swiss um, health insurance companies helped us some physiotherapists helped us and we even went to um, fitness centers uh, or gyms because we thought okay even if a person goes to to the gym once a week there are perhaps people that might to consider want to go a second time a week or something like that and then we had a very broad range of participants and then by applying that um that experimental design where people were randomly allocated to both groups um it happened that um, both groups are quite comparable. So control group and intervention group is quite comparable in terms of age, um, gender, um, education, and of course also in terms of exercising. So the exercising um, variable, so to say, we have is um, minutes of exercising in the last seven days. So people, in the beginning, people didn't differ in that variable. You touched on earlier that um, they benefited more if they had emotional support. They were supportive. Were the, yeah. were the people that were teamed up, were they exercising with their existing friends or were they paired up with strangers who became their friends? No, it were people they already know. So the the only um, the only criteria was that um, they should not have been exercised together. 
So it turned out that, for example, uh, quite a lot of people ask their working colleagues if they want to um, exercise with them for two months or another friend. And um, yeah, we, we did that because, um, so in the beginning, I thought when, when um, you ask so someone with whom you already exercise, then they are like a very good team. And, and we wanted to have the, the sports companions or the buddies as comparable to each other, to each other um, as possible. And with that saying, okay, it should be somebody you've never been exercised with before. Um, we try to ensure that with, with this idea. Um, the, your idea with strangers, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that, like running a sports body um, app or something like that. But at that time, I mean, it, it was my, my PhD study. And at that time, I, I, didn't have, I didn't have any funding. You know what I mean? So and then having like a sports buddy app where you um, put together strangers, that's, that's very, from an ethical point of view, yeah, it's very, very hard. So and, and, and it needs, um, yeah, it, it needs a lot of working force and a lot of um, things you have to do. And this is why, because I thought in the, in the first step, I do it that way so that you that the participant asks somebody he or she already know. Okay, it makes sense. But we need we need to introduce you to Parkrun, because <laughs> lots of people start out as strangers at Parkrun and they become friends simply by exercising together. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's, that's a good idea. <laughs> so thanks for coming on the podcast and explaining a bit behind your study. Yeah, it, it was my pleasure and it was uh, very nice talking to both of you. We have officially my favourite guest, ED, on the show ever. This gentleman actually answered yes when Scotty and I asked him whether or not he had ever listened to the podcast before we started recording. His name is Simon Mackley and he harks from Mossman Park Run. Simon, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. So very, very exciting. Mossman keeps coming up. It has come up throughout the year. You know, we're up to episode 48 now and everybody raves about Mossman. Can you tell us a bit about your park run? Yeah, I mean, we're a, we're a small park run, um, average about 46 runners a week, which seems weird when we're getting 60 to 80. We're a three-lap course um, and from the start finish we can see pretty much the whole course apart from our dreaded hill, which you have to do three times when you do the three laps. Yeah, I mean, we're just a really small community park run in between some big ones like Curl Curl and St Peter's is probably the other big close one to us. Simon, isn't Mossman in a fancy part of town? Yeah, it kind of is. So the views and that um, must be spectacular and... Um, well, we run next to the water. The, the views from where we are are sort of looking down into Middle Harbour, which is where there are some nice houses as well, um, but we don't look really out into Sydney Harbour itself. But yeah, we run next to the water probably oh, more than, th well, probably, you know, three quarters of our course you can see water. Let's go, take it right back to the start. You've been around for three years, but you had a little bit of a rocky start, didn't you? You started and then you had to stop. 
that's exactly right. We um, we started at Balmoral, which is a really really popular part, like beach um, in in Sydney's inner harbour. Um, we got all the approvals that we needed. Tim even came and had a look at it um, before we started, and we ran our first event. We had 102 people turn up, um, quite a lot of uh, tourists or parkrun adventurers, um, and. On the Tuesday after we ran our first event, the council approached us and said that we hadn't got all the right approvals um, and that we were effectively a menace to the community and they wanted to help us find another another place to run. So at the same time, they were having um, a few disagreements with personal trainers using public space for, for their own um, profit. Um, and we sort of got a bit caught up in that um, until they realised what was what was actually going on and that we were helping them. Um, I think it was five out of their six goals we were we actually fit into perfectly. Um, so five months later and two council meetings and about an hour and a half of of questions in council chambers, we um, we started down at Spit West, which is which was it's ideal for us because it's a it's a very unknown part of Mossman. Commuters go past it every day. You know, thousands of tens of thousands of commuters go past it every day, but they probably have never stopped in the park. But it's all happy days now. The council's on board. Council's on board. We've had the mayor come down. We've had um, you know quite a few of our councillors actually run with us. Um, yeah, we we very rarely hear from council now, but you know they they're big supporters of us, um, as a, as is most of the community. And you're extra lucky because now that's pushed your anniversary back to the coolest weekend in Parkrun <laughs> Australia. We share anniversaries with Westerfolds and Kiwana now. Well, yeah, we we sort of have a bit of a weird thing. For the last three years, we've actually had to push our anniversary back a week because it was one of our ED's birthdays and the last two, well, that was the first year, and the next two years, uh, two out of the three of us have actually been on holidays coincidentally at the same time so yes <laughs> we um, we always have to push it back a, a week unfortunately well if you're going to push it back a week you may as well push it back to the best week on the calendar year that's exactly right that's why we do it are you guys getting on board with the festive runs and doing additional runs this year we're not um we we very well christmas day we, we haven't actually done one we have done one on new year's day the first year um, but we always go to another two park runs. Um, it's normally Curl Curl and St Peter's, but this year we've decided we're going to go to our nearest events not yet done um, for most of us, and that's um, Roads and Parramatta. When you say we, do you mean collectively all your park runners? Do you organise a bus and go on an adventure together? Last night it went from two of us to about four car loads in about 10 minutes. So... Yeah, there's, there's probably going to be oh, at least 10 of us. Um, it, well, at least 10 of us doing both of them. I'd say that once the word gets around, um, we'll probably, yeah, we'll probably be a bigger contingent. So there's obviously a, a close sense of community, a tight-knit community of Mossman Park runners. Definitely is. We, um, we have one uh, volunteer who, like, does our, like, she's at the top of our hill, um, probably 45 out of of the 52 weeks um she's run with us three times and every time we say just run with us robin she's like no 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 no. i'll just go to the hill it's fine and then we have we've got 
the people that have been there since the start. Um, one of our runners has been injured for about, I think it's about eight months now, and he's taken out our points table the last two years and then he's been injured since the, for the third year. Um, but he's volunteered pretty much every week in the last eight months. And prior to that, he like in the previous anniversary year, um, he had been to... 50, I think it was, 50 park runs in the 52 weeks and 48 of those were ours. That's some dedication right there. Exactly. But, I mean, we go from from him, he was one of our faster runners and being there often to one of our slower runners took out the female points table the last three years running. Um, But because she's consistent, she has taken out that points table. The soon-to-be defunct points tables that aren't going to be available anymore. Exactly right. Now, Simon, Mossman is also a little bit famous for attracting some of the big names, in addition to people like Tim Oberg and Dave Robbo. I understand, well, we, we all know that Bruce Fordyce paid you a visit and he rates you quite highly. What, what do you do to get these people to come to your park run? Oh, I think it's the view. I think it's... Um yeah, I mean, I think we're pretty well known for how, you know, how picturesque the course is for the great community, you know, when you get the accolades from Tim and Robbo as well. But yeah, I mean, it was it was fantastic to meet Bruce. Um, and on the same weekend, Pat Farmer came as well. And there was a bit of a love in between the two of them. They were both, you know, in awe of each other. So yeah, we, we've had some, some great people come, you know, as well as our normal community. Yeah. And how does, does that... I've never really been at a park run that's had, you know, a big name person attend. So I'm not sure if I would have a fangirl moment or if I would just be like, oh, yeah, you know, get in line, don't forget your barcode like the rest of them. Do, do you feel different? Does, is there a different vibe amongst your park runners when they're there? It's funny. When, when Bruce came, um, the word got out in the South African community and, you know, we had an influx of, of runners yeah, I mean, I definitely had a fanboy moment with, with Bruce there. I mean, it's always nice to see, you know, Pat Farmer lives in Sydney, but when he comes, I, you know, I definitely, you know, am in awe of his running. We had Marty Dent, who holds our record as well. Yeah, we had Hannah Oldroyd, who's, um, you know, quite a well-known UK park runner, and her partner, Steve. Um, and, yeah, I when it when it's people that I you know, have seen on Facebook or I've heard on the Park Run Show UK and all that sort of thing, um, yeah, I mean I have a total fanboy moment and I start telling people, Oh my gosh, that's so and so and yeah, they're like, Who? I'm pretty sure that it's still called a fangirl moment, even if you're a boy. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I call it anyway. <laughs> Maybe it's a fan person moment. Oh no, that's boring, fan people. <laughs> Hey Simon, thanks for coming yep. on the podcast. You are officially our favourite ED for the year. So far. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with it. You listen to us. We just loved having a chat to you. Thank you, and please add... come and visit. Yeah, I think we're both going to add Mossman to our list. No, I'm keen to well, get there. I hope so, and you'll see all the dirty cheaters there. Well, exactly. I'll bring my ears, and I've got the t-shirt now, so no excuse. That'll make you, you incognito. <laughs> incognito (laughs) not with our dirty cheaters
Mel, we are nothing if we are not consistent. We are consistent with our mispronunciation of park runs locations around Australia. And seemingly simple, straightforward ones too. I know. How good are we? <laughs> Kahuna last week, which great name. Say it how it's spelt. Not nah, wrong. Are you serious? We didn't nail Kahuna. No, we didn't nail Kahuna. Foster. Yeah, Foster. I thought you were talking about Foster. No. Nah. How did how did we get Kahuna wrong? Please tell me how you pronounce Kahuna. Hang on, let me look it up. I've been corrected by a couple of people. <laughs> oh, I haven't yeah. got time. I think it's Ku Kuana. I don't know. <laughs> no, that doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. But okay, it's really not one of those phonetic spellings. This week, I think we got it right because we've got one oh, launch this week. We no, we've got one launch, and the ten-year-old uh, boy and me giggles. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to Rooty Hill this week to launch a park run. <laughs> The, only the 10-year-old boy in your giggles, <laughs> not all the other boys. <laughs> well, I'm sure they're used to it. And you reckon we can nail these you reckon we can nail these anniversaries? Yeah, the rest are easy. I'll start with Central Lakes. They're celebrating their first. We've got Menai in New South Wales who are celebrating their second. Stanthorpe also celebrating their second. And Stockton in New South Wales, number two as well. Three two-year-olds. And a one-year-old. All these toddlers in the Parkrun family. No launches and anniversaries in Western Australia this week, so we're going to go there for Club Corner. The Secret Rocky Runners are the featured club on Club Corner this week. We've got the man in charge, Rob to join us. Rob, tell us about the club and how it got started. When I moved here from the UK about um, three and a half years ago, um, I've come from a running scene in the UK where, you know, you can have within a 50k radius, there might be seven or eight running clubs that would all have 100 plus people. When I was looking at running clubs over here, you know, we've got a couple of really big ones in the uh, West Australian Marathon Club who are great because they organise lots of races. You've got the Masters, again, that organise a sort of social run every Sunday. But I was really struggling to find uh, just like a local running club. I mean, you had to go as far down as, well, Bunbury, have a running club. Excuse me, there's a, um, a northern suburbs running group. Um, but there isn't really, you know, you've got a lot of PT people going Oh, I'll, I'll train you to, uh, you know, for some of the big fun runs, the HBF and the City to Serves. You know, I'm wanting you to pay, you know, whatever, $300 or something. And, you know, I don't need to pay somebody $300 to run. You know, I just need some company sometimes to do, go and do intervals. And so, you know, I couldn't find one. So you build your own. And um, I created a group with some people I'd met through Rockingham Park Run. Um, just initially, the group just came about, I think I had about 20 people in the group and it was just wanted um you know just sharing ideas thoughts that kind of thing um and then from there it's kind of just grown and it started off with an interval session uh, with myself and two other ladies turned up for it and that's continued to grow now where pretty much every wednesday now we run an interval session anywhere between sort of 15 and 30 people might turn up and yeah the club's just uh, grown from that and officially we registered Secret Rocket Runners a couple of years ago. In fact, we just had our second birthday. 
and you know it's still there's still a lot of stuff going on in the background to make things work it's life gets in the way sometimes work and other commitments um but you know slowly but surely we're building the website we're trying to build get more grants so that we can look at hopefully getting some coaching done in the future uh, rather than just you know some ad hoc bit of coaching from some guy from the north of england that just wanted some friends to run with is it a structured club as in are you registered do you have the support of the local athletics organization so we are um, registered with it we've, we've incorporated uh, the club uh, to be officially recognized uh, within the governing body and you'd have to ask claudia who that is um but We've taken the decision not to align with WA Athletics um, purely from a cost point of view. Um, you know, we we don't want the, the costs to be expensive. It's you know, it is a running club, um, and I think it would have doubled the cost at least if we wanted to align with the local sort of WA Athletics. But there is a structure internally in the sense of we've now got, um, you know, a president, vice president, treasurer, secretary. Although it started off as a, a group on Facebook, um, you know, this year we now have actually introduced, as I say, a membership. And from that now we're going to continue to grow and, you know, we're looking at uh, ways we can improve the club. So we're, we're currently in the process of actually building a website um, just to sort of promote the club a bit more. Um, looking at this um, financial year coming forward that we'll be looking to maybe do a bit of a club championship, most improved runner, that kind of thing. Just, you know, ways to promote people to get out there and uh, and keep fit and healthy. Sounds all very professional, Rob. What what do people have to do to join your club? Pretty much at the moment, it's join the Facebook group, uh, Secret Rocky Runners Chat. Uh, we are um, predominantly Rockingham-based in WA. Uh, but we do have people uh, that are um, uh, in the group from uh, Melbourne, uh, Tasmania. Um, I think there's even somebody over in Queensland. And it's generally people that have lived here um, and kind of taken SRR away with them. I can't, we're kind of doing it as almost like a two-tier membership. You can be, Everybody's welcome to be a part of the group, providing you're not going to try and sell me um, Ray-Bans or, some, or something like that. But if you want to be actively <laughs> more involved, um, and then you know there'll be a membership there where... Um, you know, that's going to entitle you to, uh, you know, slightly cheaper um, merchandise. If we, we organise a, or for the last two years, we've done a, what we call the birthday mile. And basically, we hired out, um, in fact, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we hired out the uh, WA Athletics track for a couple of hours. And, um, you know, members could come down and just a time mile race, got a bit of bling at the end of it because we all love bling. We had, they brought the kids and we had kids racing 100 metres and 400 metres and it was just a, a bit of a family fun day out. And so what's the ethos of the club? What's the vibe of the club? Um, I think, you know, the mission statement that we've created is Secret Rocky Runners is at heart a family of runners and fitness enthusiasts. We exist to make running and fitness fun, inclusive, passionate and purposeful. We strive to support, develop and encourage and achieve no, more, no, no matter what the ability. We are secret Rocky Runners. And that's kind of the mission statement that we've needed to, to for the incorporation and obviously when we're applying for grants. But it really is fundamentally, it is about friendship. It is about supporting each other. You know, we celebrate the guys that can run, you know, a 17-minute 5K, but we celebrate somebody that completes 5K for the first time or, you know, does something that is outside their comfort zone. Um, you know, it's it purely is about just building that as a you know a family of 
support that because it's hard you know you know i'm not the smallest but uh, fellow in the world and I, you know i used to be a lot bigger and it's hard sort of walking up to a running club or a group of people and, and joining in and you know i hopefully and what i believe secret rocky runners provides um you know that bit of community that friendship on a local level um we're quite fortunate in wi i don't know what it's like in the rest of the states i mean, i would assume it's the same uh, the part run forum guys are great from um you know that that's a big community and the great lots of advice on there but what i wanted was something more local that you can actually build some friendships where you know you can actually arrange to go for a run on a, a tuesday night because you've just finished work and oh yeah somebody else is free and, and you know it's open to everybody and the uniforms and the club colors bright orange so i'm guessing you stand out in a crowd what was the decision behind the bright orange well if if you to ask Claudia and I, I think I wanted yellow. Claudia wanted blue, and because we couldn't decide, we put it to a vote, and, and orange became uh, the colour of choice. And it's just grown from there. Now, you know, it does stand out. Um, we ran at the Perth uh, Marathon and Perth Marathon Relay, and we had about sixty runners running there um, in June this year. And we took the orange gazebo up to the relay changeover point, and even from the finish, you could see. Um, and you know, for a good sort of five k away, um, where secret rocky runners were, because it was just a little uh, blip of orange in the distance, and we knew exactly where we were. So, uh, yeah, it's it's more about recognising it. You know, people have, have become quite passionate and proud about it. Uh, I know several um, members uh, that actively now go and buy and collect orange stuff. Uh, I'm guilty of it myself now, and uh, you know, because it's oh, that's the secret rocky runner colour, and you know, people have. Have really taken ownership of uh, the, the group and the colour as well. I do the exact same thing with parkrun green. I, I if I see it anywhere, it doesn't matter what it is, stationery, it's mine. So Rob, you've been going for two years. What kind of success stories have you got from club members in that time? Quite a wide variety. I mean, I'll, let's go back to the the Perth Marathon. Really, as I say. Um, I don't know if you know the event, but the Marathon Club over here, they put on a, the, uh, the Perth Marathon. And basically, I think we had that day probably 20 or so runners that were part of the group running the full marathon. But we actually put 11 teams into the relay. And in that, you know, we had people that um, were, you know, I think the legs were something like 5, 11, sorry, 5, 10, 11 and 16K. And, you know, we had all walks of life competing it people that could barely do the 5k were getting involved with you know some guys that were running the 16k in just over an hour um and one of our teams the mixed um team came um home third overall and first mixed team which was uh, a nice uh, bit of success there but for me the success wasn't just those guys it was just the sheer you know getting people involved in the event um, that perhaps wouldn't have normally got involved because, again, they don't have that uh, connection. Um, and then to the other extreme, we've had, you know, the first time a couple of ladies, and I don't really want to, I will name them just to embarrass them a little bit, but um, the, there's um, Catherine uh, Reed who uh, she um, wasn't a runner, um, just started coming down to part run um, through some mutual friends got involved in secret rocky runners and you know i remember her the, the day that she was she was walking part run and i remember the first day she ran the 5k and you know for her in a great time 
you know, for some people probably not, but she, the look on her face when she crossed the finish line and she'd ran the whole 5K, that's worth, for me, a, a lot more than, you know, some bling that I might pick up for, you know, running a PB here and there. And to be fair, we're littered with stories um, like that. Um, I don't know how long ago, how long uh, you were at uh, the Bunbury Three Waters, but if you stick stuck around to the end for the half marathon, I believe. I, I unfortunately I was working, but I believe that the uh, the, the running shoot um, at Gantry, the archway, f- uh, failed. Not for any choice. I think I think they ran out of petrol or, or diesel or whatever. And then some of the ladies, because we still had a runner, and I think there was a couple of other runners out there, decided to hold up. Uh, much to the amusement of the uh, the organisers, actually held up the gantry just to uh, make sure that the people who finished had a finish line to cross, and that just sums up, um, you know, what the club's about. People are, you know, proud to support each other. How excited are you, Scotty, that there are only two more podcasts between now and Christmas? I am excited. I am excited to reach our 50th. It's been a long year. Podcast every week. Almost every week. Yeah, I've loved it. But we is this where we tell people we're going to take a break over Christmas? <laughs> I think it's a good idea to start preparing them. You know, we've got fans, or at least one of them. Wasn't Simon great? It was lovely having Simon on the show. Great bloke. Go to Mossman. I don't know why their numbers are so low. I'm going to head there next time I'm in Sydney, if I ever go back to Sydney. But, yep, two more episodes to go. Then we're going to have a break because it's Christmas, New Year's. It's it's party time. It's time to relax. And we know that all you guys will not be listening to podcasts anyway because you'll be too busy being sucked into the silly season, eating too much food and then trying to run all that copious um, excess off. As will we all. Or you could just have a lot of extra free time on your hands and you really want more podcasts. So you can go back to episode one, work your way through the catalogue. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be scary? Episode one again. <laughs> I think I'm going to – I'd, I'd like to do it. I'm going to do it again. Yeah. yeah. You know, every, every year on Christmas Eve, I listen to – don't listen to I watch It's a Wonderful Life it's like um, a little tradition in my household maybe yeah maybe I should start um, listening to episode one of the podcast as well and see how much I I don't think I could I think I would cringe too much I have I have recollections of cringing at the time that we recorded so (laughs) I'm sure that probably doesn't bode too well with um, how it may have stood up over time We'll see. I will join you again next week on episode 49, yes? Yep. And for 50. And then we'll see. Until then. Until next week. Bye.